Welcome to Zafram, a Black Hammer podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Edna. And as you can tell by the uh, the second wonderful voice there, um, <laughs> I now have a co-host. Um, this was a re- the original plan was for this to be my audio love letter to Black Hammer, but um, my lovely wife here has decided that she wants to join me on my. <laughs> I mean, d- decided. Um... <laughs> I think it was more like you were saying, please, 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 please. <laughs> and I said, okay. Well, what I discovered was that solo hosting is hard and much less fun than a discussion-based podcast. So um, I think we're going to have a good time. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I'm going to co-host next week. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so since this is a comic book podcast, we're going to begin with creator credits. And so, um, for Black Hammer issue one, the script is by Jeff Lemire, art by Dean Ormston, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Todd Klein. And um, just for for enough um, sort of story breakdown for you to follow along with our discussion, here's our here's our here's a bite sized breakdown. We open with Abe doing chores on the farm and reflecting on a 10-year anniversary. We'll learn a lot more about later. Then he runs into his granddaughter, Gail, and they have a really entertaining and disrespectful conversation. After she flies away, he enters the house and has breakfast with a robot, a Martian, and a spaced-out astronaut. Gail and Barbalian... <laughs> yep, that happens. As you do. <laughs> Gail and Barbalian have a heart-to-heart, and we learn that Talkie Walkie is building another probe. Yep, that's his name. They go into town where Abe does some flirting, Barbie meets the new preacher, and Gail does some shoplifting. Then we find out what the anniversary is. When they had found themselves here ten years ago, another hero named Black Hammer sacrificed himself, trying to free them. Abe speechifies, then we close on Lucy Weber, daughter of Black Hammer, promising to find all the long-lost superheroes. Okay, so our first segment, as far as the discussion portion is, is going to be a Q&A section. So, <laughs> first out of the gate... Um, one of the things Black Hammer is known for is having non-traditional superhero art. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the art? I mean, so we know that I'm not a huge um, comic book person. That's not really my thing. Uh, I've read some manga. Uh, I've read a few comic books, mostly because you've read them. And <laughs> um, you know me, I'm all about support. Uh, but... Uh, This reminds me a little bit of Umbrella Academy, which I read most of. Uh, It's it's weird, man. (laughs) There's all these little lines. Like, it makes you like the characters that aren't human. Like, if they're not human, it's okay. (laughs) But as soon as they're human, I just kind of want to smack their faces a little bit. I don't like the way they look. Their buildings are okay. It's fine. Um, But, like, it's just weird. And, like, in an Umbrella Academy, it's just, like, like an ugly chihuahua. Like, you look at it, and you're like, that's real weird. That's real... (laughs) But it travels over into kind of cuteness. You kind of accept that that's what it is. And this isn't quite a chihuahua for me. It's not quite... um, It's not went over in the other direction. It's just a little weird. Sorry, guy. <laughs> no, it's all right, but you, you do get used to it. Um, not, Somebody does. <laughs> you want? I I I was uh, trying to be nice. Um, <laughs> trying to not be too defensive. Um, 
Uh, he is really good at settings, backgrounds. Um, yeah. Um, the non-traditional characters, like Talkie Walkie, looks fabulous um, in every scene he's in. Um, Barbalian looks great. Um, some most of the, of the time. Most of the time. Some of the people are hard to look at, and he never draws um, people's mouths the right way. Um, mouths are always a problem with Dean Ormiston. Um, especially female mouths. They all have the same tiny little... They have, like, a 1920s Cupid's bow going on. I don't know what century he's living in, but it it isn't this one. But it is really a distinctive style. And once you warm up to it, I mean, anybody else who draws Golden Gale or Abraham Slam, it just looks weird. It doesn't look right. Um, But we'll we'll get there. And there will be other times when there's, like, like a fill-in artist here and there. And then some of the miniseries, we see them drawn differently. And when we get there, I'll see what you think of those. Uh, okay, on some first glance, I mean, we're introduced with a, to a lot of characters uh, in this first issue. Um, so what were your first reactions? Were there, were there any that you really liked? Or any that were, like, off-putting? There, there, are, there are quite a few. There's so many characters. Um, I found myself, much like the art, liking the non-human characters more than I like the human ones. Uh, like, I think I'm supposed to like the lead character. I, I think... Uh, but I find myself not 100% liking him. Um, I feel like he is not um, understanding of everybody else's feelings. He seems to be perfectly okay to have been trapped there for multiple reasons. Um, but everybody else is mad about it. And he's mad because they're mad about it. I'm like, God, let's get a grip. Um, just because you want to live the farm life doesn't mean other people who are used to beating up bad guys are happy with it. Um, so I can't... I can't get on board with him. Gail's pretty cool. I mean, she's spunky. That's what you're supposed <laughs> to say when somebody's nine or ten years old and stealing cigarettes from the convenience store. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's just living that life and living it as angrily as she can. So she's not so bad, but uh, I like the robot. The robot, to me, is the only one who's really got it together. Uh, he's there just trying to get people out. He's trying to help save them, but he's also, like, making breakfast. He's helping them out. He's patient with the captain. So, like, if I had to pick one of the characters that we really got to meet, it, it would be the robot. Talkie Walkie that I liked. I wish Talkie had been wearing a Kiss the Cook apron <sighs> in the scene where he was making breakfast. I might have liked him less. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, that's how I feel about it. All right, well, in, in, in addition to introducing you to a lot of new characters, they're also kind of setting up a mystery here. Um, like They don't appear to know why they're there. Um, at this point, I don't think they tell you how they got there, nope. just that they got there. Mm-hmm. And it ends with the mystery of Lucy Weber trying to figure out what happened and committing herself to figuring out what happened. So from based on just reading this one single issue, where do you think the story's going? Oh, okay. So, I don't know that it is, but I will tell you where I want it to go. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) what I want is for, in reality, because they're all like, Black Hammer saved our honeys. He's the reason we're here, but in a good way, not in a bad way. And I'm like, oh, no, guys. It's a bad way. (laughs) I want want Black Hammer to be, like, in league with some bad guys and be like, I'm going to shunt them all off to a 10-year, like, purgatory of farmland, uh, and we're going to dump them all down in there. And I think that, like, his daughter's going to find out. Everybody's going to find out how horrible he is. It's going to be the best. That's how I think that it needs to end. That's how it needs to go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we will find out in short order because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow. Um, well, the plan was. I mean, you can talk me out of it if you want to. Um, but the Dark Horse um, company released an official like reading order, like a recommended reading order, and it's to do <laughs> not volume one, issue one, issue two, issue three. Well, no, there was a big break. Like they <laughs> oh, did. Okay. Um, uh, this first series is 13 issues, and then they took a big long break. And the, they don't solve it? Uh, not right off the bat. Some, there's, there's, a, there's a big climax in issue 13 of the first series. But the, they're going to solve something. You're not it's all solved. The story's over. The okay. story's over. Don't get me into something. It doesn't <laughs> end. We, the, the, the story is finished. Okay. Um, but there's all these miniseries. The, okay. the expanded world of Black Hammer. Um, and they took a big break between the original run and then what they called the Age of Doom when they came back to finish it. And there was a bunch of miniseries in between. And they say, the Rick, Dark Horse recommends you read the full story and then do all the miniseries. And I think that's what we should do for the podcast. I mean, the miniseries. That translates to spinoff. Kind of, but some of them are really good. The last spinoff I read was the spinoff that went with Dune. And we all know how that went. That was very, very bad. I don't know what you're talking about. As a rule, I don't do spinoffs. <laughs> we'll think, discuss it. I think I've got some repressed memories about doing <gasps> spinoffs. Um, House of Trades, guys. Let's not ever go there again. Yeah, let's, let's not. Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, my favorite Black Hammer thing at all, just period, is one of the miniseries, the Doctor Star miniseries. And I may do them out of order, so I do that one first. We'll, we'll get there. I mean... You could do you could do episodes on your own. That's fine too, right? We can we can talk. We'll talk. We'll talk later. We'll see. Dean Normson doesn't draw that. If that helps, I probably would. <laughs> All right. So our next segment <laughs> is the awards segment, and this is one we lifted straight out of graphically novel because, well, and kind of the nerds the roundtable, my, my movie review podcast with another set of co-hosts. Um, we like giving out awards. <laughs> um, I, sure do. Maybe it's just me. Um, <laughs> Especially on this show, um, my beautiful blushing bride here doesn't want to give out awards, so she's going to just throw shade at the ones I give. I mean, if you're good at something. <laughs> Me giving the awards or are you giving the shade? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So our first, my first award is Best Panel, and it's on page nine, and it's that scene we've already joked about where, um, you know, Abe has finished having his discussion with Gail, and... The first hint that something weird is, like, you know, Gail's strange behavior. Like, she's not a normal nine-year-old. She didn't come home last night. She was out drinking. She's wearing, uh, you know, a whole bunch of makeup. And then she flies away. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so Abe then walks through the house to where he smells breakfast cooking. And Talkie Walkie, the giant robot, is cooking bacon and eggs. Um, at the table is Barb Alien. Um, I've heard, I've talked to him as the Bacon Martian. Um Kind of looks like humanoid bacon. Uh, appears to be in the nude, reading a newspaper. And Colonel Weird is kind of half floating through the countertop. Um, it's a real sign that things are going to get weird. Um, it's a real tone setter for the whole series. This is going to be a strange ride. Um, and I, you probably, if you find that page off-putting, um, maybe this isn't the series for you. <laughs> If the artwork didn't get you before, oh. this panel will now. I'm telling you, you'll warm up to it. Ormston may not be traditional superhero art, but he's really good at conveying story and emotion. So I'm, 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 okay. I'm betting you warm up to it. Okay. Um, 
All right, so next award is best dialogue. <laughs> and it's at the end of Abe's uh, tirade slash motivational speech. Um, and they've, uh, it's been a, you know, tumultuous day, maybe week, year, who knows. Um, and he's kind of been reading the right act, but he kind of tries to end on a high note, a sort of let's all pull together kind of note. And he says, it may not be the life we wanted, but it's the life we have. And at least we have it together. <laughs> it's a really good way to finish a guilt trip. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't, um, see, I'm also trying not to reveal things, but like some of the things you're going to learn in the next few, even the next few issues will change the way you feel about some of these people. I guess. All I've got is one to work on. <laughs> okay. And when I have a feeling, I have a good, strong feeling. So it can change, but right now. Well, some of the things about Black Hammer that's interesting is it's, it's set up like on surface value. It's a superhero story. And the more you get into your eyes, it's actually like they're playing with the tropes of the superhero story. But really at its heart, it's a mystery. It has layers. It has layers. Like an onion. Like, like an onion, yes. I guess that's appropriate. They're on a farm. Um... <laughs> All right, so the next word is best character moment. And this is on pages 11 through 13, and it's when um, Gail has stormed off after swearing at Abe a lot. Um, not unjustifiably. Um, and she's flown off, and she's brooding on top of the, the barn. And Barbalian comes out to hang out with her. And I think we it's just such a revealing conversation. We learn that um, appearances are really deceiving in Black Hammer. Um, Gail looks like this cute little nine-year-old and she's gruff she's tough she's very mature um she's lived a lot of life um barbie looks monstrous but he's actually a really good friend and he's got this sensitive nurturing side now we get a small little snippet of a peek into their backstory and a little bit about what where they're at emotionally now and um we see that barbie says he doesn't miss the heroing um that he's a different person now. But he says he, what he misses is his freedom. I don't think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's the most visibly alien of the bunch. And he has to shapeshift to be able to ever even just set foot off the farm. Um, Gail misses being an adult. Uh, she, <laughs> she says that in a memorable way. Um, she's been trapped in a child's body. And she's been forced to live a fake life. I mean, she's been forced to go to school with other children as a, a person who's clearly not actually a child. It has to be just... It is driving her nuts, and it completely makes sense that it would be driving you nuts. Um, it's just this really sort of powerful friendship moment type yeah. deal. It is. It's it, it, that section and the one after it where Talkie Walkie is talking with... Is it Captain Weird? Colonel Weird? Colonel Weird. Cur- I knew he was something. Uh, very weird. <laughs> um, he's talking with him... Uh, and that also, he's just being so kind to this very, very crazy man. Uh, you can tell there was a relationship. Those probably are the two high points, uh, in this issue. I can't speak to the other issues, but those are probably the ones that I was like, yeah, I can finish this issue. That's interesting. (laughs) I can finish this issue. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm giving it all I've got, Captain. But I, I, did, I did, I did. That was the other scene that I considered for the memor- the for the best character moment. 
Um, it is a nice moment, and they've got a nice relationship. And I, and I like you. You're talking about how Talkie treats Colonel weird. She's so patient with him. I, I, lo- I love that relationship. Yeah. Um, next award is best trope twister, and that is one of the things that I love most about Black Hammer, is the way um, Lemire plays with some of the conventions of superhero comics. Um, and I think most people will be familiar, even if you're not a big comic reader, just from how many comic book movies there are now. I think everybody is familiar with a lot of the tropes, especially like origin stories and you know, big event type deals. I mean, people are familiar with the way it works now. And so my, my one for this issue is Golden Gale herself. And normally when you see this kind of young character, um, especially in like the Golden Age vibe that a lot of this is given off, there are these innocent, naive, earnest sidekicks usually. Um, Golden Gale ain't a sidekick to nobody. Um, but... They usually also have an older hero they look up to. Somebody they treat with respect and reverence. Um, instead, we get Golden Gale. Uh, she's irreverent. <laughs> she's disrespectful. She's a drunken, chain-smoking, <laughs> foul-mouthed, shoplifting nine-year-old. And it just turns that trope on its head in, to, to me, an incredibly amusing way. Bless her heart. Yeah, she's just precious. Um, <laughs> That's a word. Precocious, isn't that what you're supposed to say for sure. somebody that age? She's sure. precocious with her cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I love Gail. I loved her from the moment she pulled those glasses down, <laughs> wearing too much makeup and swearing at what appears to be her grandpa. That makeup, though, guys, can't you like? She's older than nine. She knows how to put on some makeup. That. Looks like makeup put on by a nine-year-old. It's probably just the artist. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so the last award is Show Stealer of the Week. And especially in this first 13 issues of, um, I think it's called Secret Origins, is the first trade. And there's another title for the second one. And then all of the second run where they finish the story is Age of Doom. Um, But in this first first run, um, it feels like every issue... Somebody, whether it's Dean Ormston or Jeff Lemire, I'm not sure who's in charge of all that. It's try, it seems like they feature one of the, the main crew. And somebody's always stealing the show. And so for this this issue, it was Colonel Weird for me. I don't think it was supposed to be. No. <laughs> um, I think it was supposed to be Gail or Abe. But Colonel Weird is just popping in and out of scenes. And those crazy eyes. He does have, he's got some LSD eyes. Yeah. Um, but he's always saying the most bizarre stuff. And later on, we just kind of get used to it. It's just part of what happens. It's Colonel Wood pops in, says weird junk, and then pops out. Um, but then it starts making sense. But right now, it's really just entertaining and surprising. Those eyes stick with you three pages in. I mean, like, it's just crazy. He also, to me, is the one that looks most like the Umbrella Academy. Uh, just the way that they draw him. Uh it, it's, crazy a, it's, ass. A, it's a real space boy kind of vibe. Yeah, it's it's a lot like that. Except um, no gorilla body. But. True. Um, yeah, it, he's a lot. He <laughs> He's a good time. Yeah. All right, well, that is our episode for the week. Um, I hope you had a good time. Um, we don't have an outro yet. Um, we're going to workshop that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until next week, uh, enjoy the outro music that my lovely co-host created for us. <laughs> and we will see you next time. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>